Good morning. No better place to be than church on a Sunday morning. It's fantastic to be together. And you know, so much of what I'm going to speak about has already been said in the, in the songs and the encouragements. Um, it's almost like it's already been preached, so I might as well just go back and sit down. <laughs> no, you couldn't be that lucky. So how about we pray and really ask for God to speak to us through this message. Father, we thank you that your, your, your Holy Spirit gives life to us. Your word gives life to us. The power of God gives life to us. It transforms our situations. It translates our darkness uh, into day. And Father, as we cling to you, as we've been encouraged to this morning, your word works into our hearts and brings release and freedom. So Lord, do that this morning, we ask, in Jesus' name. I really do sense that so much of what has already been said um, is really directed at people who are battling today. Uh, it seems like so much encouragement to press through and cling to God. And you know, these psalms are going to just add to that. Uh, what I'm going to say this morning is I'm, it's just going to add to that. So let me encourage you, if you are pushing uphill in a situation, just open up your heart and say, Lord, I really want you to help me. I need you to help me. And I believe that you can help me. So, um, th this short series about the Psalms, uh, as Benny said, is going to culminate in a couple of weeks' time, just two weeks, with an encouragement for you to be able to speak about one of the Psalms that has encouraged you and blessed you, or one of the themes that's in Psalms. So, for those who are not really sure what the book of Psalms is about, it's, it's 150 poems and songs you remember back in those days these were written around about a thousand years before Jesus was born so we're talking 3,000 years ago um, 150 of them they didn't have TV in those days they didn't have CDs and DVDs and cassettes so much of their teaching to one another was in song and in poetry and so to uh, encourage and teach one another, they would sing. As I prepared this, I, uh, I looked at the psalms and sometimes at the beginning of the psalm, of a psalm, it would say, this is a song of ascent, A-S-C-E-N-T. And I thought, what's ascent? And I you know, dug in and looked it up. And as people were m moving towards the temple to worship, uh, towards uh, the, the sacrifices and the offerings. They would sing these songs. And also the priests, as they moved into their ministry, would sing these songs of, as of ascent, encouraging and reminding one another of the goodness of God. Half of the Psalms were written by King David. There's 150 and he wrote just about half uh, of them. The other half were written by different personalities. Solomon, his son, wrote one. Moses, who was hundreds of years before David, he wrote one. The rest, or most of the rest, were written by a man called Asaph, who was the head chorister. I was thinking, what do we have 
these days. We have a poet laureate paid to write. So Asaph was the chief, one of the chief singers. Also, some of the Psalms were written by the sons of Korah. The sons of Korah were a family of singers. They had special talents and abilities to sing and to minister in song. Um, King David, who wrote these, was a remarkable man. He was the second king of Israel. The first was a man called Saul. He wasn't really a great king. And then David, when he was a young shepherd boy, was anointed by Samuel. And Samuel said, he's going to be the next king. So this young fellow who was a shepherd out in the fields or on a hillside with his sheep, as he grew, circumstances uh, transpired and he became a warrior. He became a king. He became a poet. He was a remarkable man in the life of the nation of Israel. In fact, in Acts chapter 13, there's a statement about David. And it's the only statement about anyone in the Bible that is similar to this. It said that he, is a, he was a man after God's own heart. Abraham was a friend of God. But David was a man after God's own heart. You know, you know what that means? It means that, well to me it means, he thought that way. He acted that way. He treated people in a way that, that God would. A man after God's own heart. God looked at him and said, I really like that guy. He thinks like I do. He treats people like I do. And yet, if you know the story, you also know that David was an adulterer too. And David was a schemer. And he sent a man to his death because David made out with the guy's wife. And he thought, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble here. So he schemed it in such a way that the man was, was, was caught in the heat of battle and died. And David was found out. But what that tells me is that you and I can be used by God. Because every one of us has something there. Everyone, some have a lot more than others, but every one of us, we wouldn't really be the first pick in our old state for God to use us. And yet God rehabilitates people. God tra transforms people. God promises us new life. It says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. So no matter what your past, beloved, no matter even what your present is, God is able to use you. If you can uh, cling to him, he can use you as he uses me as well. There's hope for all of us. David knew the very high highs. As you read this, you find out this guy really knew what it was to fly. But as you read it too, you also recognize he also knew what it was to crawl. He was so low at times that he could have walked under a door with a top hat on. Have you ever heard that saying? He was low, 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 but he was also high, high, high. And the full range of human emotions is displayed in, in, in Psalms as you read them. There's disappointment, there's fear, there's all of the things, jealousy, envy, all of the things that you and I feel are displayed. 
in the book of Psalms. We can all see ourselves in there at some time. I asked myself when I was preparing, when did most of these Psalms seem to be written? And, and I made a guess, I, I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but I think many of them were written when David was on the run. He was chased, he was hounded, he was hungry, he was beaten, he was depressed, he was uh, disappointed, and he would, I don't know how he did it, but he found the time to write uh, these, these songs of lament. He was trying to establish a kingdom, but it wasn't working out. He had been anointed by Samuel. that You're going to be the next king. And he found himself in caves and out in the middle of nowhere, uh, trying to pull his life together. Everywhere he looked, there were obstacles, obstacles, obstacles. And here was the man anointed to be king. God had given him a promise. And there was these seemingly insurmountable obstacles now does that apply to us in any way today God may have spoken to you and say look I've got something for you maybe a career maybe a business maybe a ministry maybe something big that you're going to attempt for God you know there was a march yesterday in the uh, there was a, 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 a gathering yesterday at um, Parliament House in, on North Terrace uh, a demonstration against abortion rights. Uh, they're wanting to bring new laws in that make abortion even, even more horrible than it is now. And it, seems, it would seem to those people there such an uphill battle. Uh, in some senses, the abortion ship has already sailed. It's already locked into our laws. It's already locked into our thinking as a society today. And yet there are people there saying, no, we're not going to accept that. We're not going to accept that. And there are moves in, uh, overseas, in America especially, to overturn some of those very horrible laws uh, about abortion. So God might have called us to something uh, and to a ministry or to a calling of some sort. And it seems like you get hit by a truck. You, you, you're stepping out into a business somewhere and... Someone lets you down big time. The banks call in their money and, and you're going to be defeated. Well, David was in that position. He was called to be the king and yet it just wasn't working out. And yet we know, because we read the book a thousand years later, or two thousand years, three thousand years later, that it did work out. He did get there. He pushed through. And he overcame because he clung to God. He's, and repeatedly in these psalms, he says, God, I'm, I'm down, I'm flat, I've had it. I can't take it anymore. And then towards the end of the psalm, he'd say, but you can help me, Lord. You can get me through. You can cause me to be victorious. So I want to say to you this morning, if you're pushing uphill in a situation, maybe your marriage, maybe your career, maybe a business, maybe whatever it is, and you're feeling like you've been hit by a truck, then cling to the Lord. Ask the Lord. Now, I've got some good quotes about, um, about um, Psalms. So my pretty helper over here. Now, I've got, got the zapper here, but I'm not sure I can do two things at the same time. So 
Be ready for anything, Sarah. <laughs> okay, so Psalms is the songbook of Scripture. This is, this is what they sung from. They didn't have the CDs. They didn't have the DVDs. They sung these things. It taught them their history and it taught them to point themselves towards the Lord. So here's some Psalms. Where do I point this? It ain't, oh, I've got to turn it on. Yeah, now we're cooking. Da da da. Where is it? Move to the next one, Sarah. Yes. Uh, there is no part, this is out of a commentary, there is no part of the Old Testament in which the Christian finds himself or herself more easily and completely at home. You can read Leviticus and you can read Exodus and you can read Malachi and all those things. But you go to Psalms and you say, yeah, that's me. I'm there. Let's do the next one. No, it ain't working. Here's, here's one that is fantastic. They're all fantastic. That's why I've got them. As we learn that the New Testament is not without law, so we also learn mostly through Psalms, that the Old Testament is not without grace. It's a fantastic thought. Everyone thinks, oh, you know, law, law, law. No, no, there's the grace of God just pouring out all over, all over uh, the people involved. The next one, Billy Graham. I used to read five Psalms every day. That teaches me how to get along with God. And then I read a chapter of Proverbs every day and that teaches me how to get along with my fellow man. Great. Here's the next one. Sarah. Bono, a singer with you too, the band. What's so powerful about the Psalms are, as well as they are being gospel and songs of praise, they're also the blues. David encountered the blues many, many, many times. A commentator called Stephen Lawson said this, Romans gave Martin Luther his theology, but it was the Psalms that gave him his thunder. To know that in the midst of down, in the midst of opposition, in the midst of being on the run, you can also scream and shout, Victory as well. And maybe the last one. Athanasius of Alexandria, 4th century Christian elder. Most scripture speaks to us, but Psalms speaks for us. And as you read the Psalms, you can take your pick. You know, just read two or three and you'll find yourself in there. Especially if you're trying to achieve something. If you're just coasting along watching the tennis and the footy, there's no problem with that either. Uh, there's a time for that. But if you're trying to achieve something, if you're trying to build a kingdom uh, in, in the best sense of the word, I'm not talking about a bad sense of the word, then uh, you're going you're to find yourself there in Psalms. Jesus quoted Psalms more often than he quoted anything else. He quoted Psalms, or from the Psalms, 11 times, as you read it in the New Testament. From Deuteronomy, he quoted 10 times. 
from Isaiah eight times, from Exodus seven times. But Jesus quoted Psalms from Psalms 11 times. He was very familiar with the ups and the downs of Psalms. He knew all about it. Now there are three, I think, three major themes, three major thrusts of Psalms that would be good for us to, to take note of. One is, or I'll give you the three and then I'll talk about each one, the character of God. They reveal to us what God is like. And you know that if we love the Lord and serve the Lord, you become like the God you serve. And if we see the character of God in the Psalms and we say, I can be like that, I should be like that, I ought to be like that. So firstly, they, the major thrusts are the character of God. The second is the mighty power of God. David leaned on him. He said, I can't do this, God, but you can. And I'm going to look to you to do it. And the third major th thrust, I think, is that he loved Israel. This Israel was his son. Israel was his baby. And you know what? He loves us too. He loves us. He loves us. Don't ever get yourself into the position where you think God doesn't love you. He loves you, he cares for you, he's barracking for you. So these qualities of God's character, his power and his love for Israel are displayed again and again and again. As we read Psalms, we see petitions there for God's blessing. God, I need your blessings on my life. And we need, I want, and I need, and so does all of us, uh, need uh, the blessings of God in our life. I'd hate to be living my life with God absent from my life. So many do. So many say, no, I don't need him, I don't need him. Well, I need him, and quite frankly, you do too. And quite frankly, so do those who, who say they don't. Uh, uh, appeals to God for deliverance. God can get us out of situations. Sometimes we do stupid things. We get ourselves into situations. And we really need God's help to get us out of those situations. Intercession. We plead on behalf of others. We prayed this morning. We mentioned this morning that there are people in our, in our family who are sick. We pray on their behalf and the psalms is full of intercession for others uh, thanksgiving the psalms are overflowing with thanksgiving even though there's there's this desperate need lord i need you to get me out of trouble there's also lord thank you for getting me out of trouble there's penitence in there penitence is in this in in what i'm thinking of is uh, when a person gets caught out doing something wrong and they go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Please forgive me. And God forgives where there's penitence. Um, there's wisdom in there. There's, there's an element of, God, how can this be? In one of the Psalms, uh, David says, how is it that the wicked prosper? They're all driving Rolls Royces and they fly in their private jets and I'm sitting in a cave somewhere. How can this be? 
And then the Lord tells him, well, it's okay, give them time. They'll get what's due to them. And uh, the law of God is great. We're going to look at that in just a second. And then there was, then there's an element of, whew, thank you, Lord, I knew you would. <laughs> because he cried when he was deep in the hole. All of these, all of these issues that I've just touched on are questions that confront us at times where we're interceding for others, when we're down in a hole somewhere, when we've just been hit by a truck uh, emotionally and we need to cry out to the Lord. Well, David learnt that in crying out to the Lord, he found himself with answers. Now, I wanna, I've got half a dozen, I think I could almost call them of my favourite psalms. I just want to touch on them and I want you to, 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 to get them. I want you to get it. One of the things that overwhelms me about Psalms is that David wrote, so did the others, but let's just concentrate on David for a second. David wrote about redemption. He wrote about deliverance. He wrote about the love of God. He wrote about forgiveness of sin. He wrote about restoration. 1,000 years before the cross. We, you and I, we've got our Bibles, Old Testament and New Testament. And we look back 2,000 years and we tell each other the story of what Jesus did and what the cross meant and what the blood that flowed meant. We celebrated it this morning. What the broken body meant, brought healing to us. The blood brought forgiveness to us. We, we read about the power of the Holy Spirit, the energizing work that the Holy Spirit brings. We read that looking back 2,000 years. But a, a thousand years before that, David had the revelation of what God was like. And I, that just is astounding to me. I'll tell you what also is astounding to me. That there are people today, and there may be people in this congregation, who've heard the stories who've read the scriptures a hundred times, maybe a thousand times, who still haven't got the revelation. The revelation that Jesus is on your side, that Jesus can deliver you, that Jesus can transform our lives, that Jesus can um, get rid of the rubbish from the past. Many of us still don't have that revelation. And David had the revelation 3,000 years ago, before he had scripture, before the cross, before Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. He had that revelation. Beloved, I want us to get a revelation. I want you to get a revelation. I want more, I want more revelation in my own life. But my heart is for those who don't yet have a revelation of God's love to them, his power to them, his total forgiveness to them, his promise of a new life. Let me tell you just a personal story uh, I, I, about how revelation came into my life. Um, uh, I was 15 years old and a cousin came from, from, from overseas and she lived with us for some time. And she was a born-again Christian and I was just a nominal uh, Christian whose parents, my parents, I loved them, sent me to church, but they didn't often take me to church. 
And so I went to church and then my cousin introduced me to a youth group. And I loved the youth group. I loved going to the youth group. And I, I don't know if I loved the songs, but we sang songs. But I loved the company. I loved being there. And I reckon, it's hard for me to remember exactly, but I reckon I hung around the youth group for maybe a year. Maybe a year. I loved their company. I loved doing the things that they did. Loved being with them. And then one night, one week, we went to a camp down at Port Elliot. And on a beach, one night, it was a Thursday night, it was 9 o'clock, 9.30, something around that time, I prayed. And I said, Jesus, come into my life. I'd known about it in my head. But I said, Jesus, come in and save me. And he did. He did. See, going to church doesn't in itself make you saved. doesn't make you a Christian. makes you sympathetic. makes you listening and inquiring and all of those things. But that Thursday night, it came. And I was a transformed person. And I thank God that, that, you know, it was when I was 16 or just turned 16, I think. And uh, it's kept me going for a long time now. <laughs> and, and, you know, going to church was the right thing. Hanging around the youth group was the right thing. Loving their company was the right thing. But I needed something to happen in here, and it did. And I, I want to say to every one of us here this morning, uh, in a loving, uh, caring genuine way uh, you need that revelation you need a revelation of God's salvation for you not just for everyone else not for the people across that side of the hall of that sort of, but for you in your own heart now once that comes it seems to open the door for a whole lot more revelation so let me see if here we go is that the first one yes it is listen to this magnificent word magnificent if this can guide your life you're on the road you're on the highway to to uh, success and 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 the knowledge of god this comes from psalm 19 the law of the lord is perfect now now this is a revelation i want us all to get the law of the lord this thing here is perfect converting the soul the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. You want to be wise? The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Yea, then much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. More to be desired are they than gold. Oh, you sure about that? I'd rather have the gold. Well, good girl. More to be desired are they than gold. The law of the Lord. This is what we come here as a group. Sunday by Sunday to hear about, to uh, enjoy, to understand. It's better than gold, beloved. And yet some would think, no, gold's a bit better. No. The fear of the Lord is clean. The commandment of the Lord, the judgments of the Lord, they're worth more than all the gold. Let's see if we can do the next one. 
Psalm 23. You all know it, but, but, but let's get a revelation of it. A revelation so that if they cut you open, they would find in there Psalm 23. If they peeled the skin back, they'd find Psalm 23 written on your spirit and on your heart. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Remember that when the electricity bill comes in. Remember that when the mechanic says, mm, strong noises, expensive noises. I went to a mechanic once and uh, the car was making noises and I heard him going, oh, 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 and I started to get worried. And I said, listen, man, I'm just a poor preacher. He says, yes, I know, I've heard you. <laughs> Remember this when the electricity bill comes in. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. We sang about them this morning. You get the imagery, to lay down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. How many people do you know who could do with a bit of restoration of their soul? Oh. Oh. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Grab that. Let it become real in our lives. Let's go to the next one. Psalm 42, the treasures that are there. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. My tears have been my food day and night. As the deer pants for the streams, I want my soul to pant for God. Oh, I want more. I want more of God. And I hope you can say that you want more of God. Let's go on. Psalm 51. David committed this sin. He sent a man to die in battle because he cheated on him with his wife. He sent one of his right-hand men into battle and he said to the, one of the other commanders, when the battle is hot, when it's really going hot, pull back and leave him to get killed. This is the man that was after God's own heart. But he was found out. And he cried to the Lord, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. You don't delight in burnt offerings. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Now, come on, David was surrounded by offerings, by animal sacrifices. That was the... That was the worship, that was the, the mode of worship in those days. And yet he could see beyond that. And he said, it's not really animals you're looking for. It's a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. What a fabulous revelation to have. Okay, another one. Be merciful to me. This is when he was at, at it, probably his lowest point. Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me. My soul is among lions. Look, there might be people out here this morning who, who could say, I know what he's talking about. If you're in that situation, 
grab hold of this. My soul is among lions. I lie among the sons of men who are set on fire, whose teeth are spears and arrows. My heart is steadfast. Then it, I'm missing a few verses. And then he comes to the end and he says, Actually, my heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will praise you, O Lord, for your mercy reaches to the heavens and your truth unto the clouds. This was a, God who was in, a guy who was in a cave with 400, 300 or 400 drop kicks and dropouts. And he said, God, you can get me out of this. And beloved, I say to us all, when we're in those situations, uh, cry to the Lord, he'll get you out of it. The last one for now. Uh, listen to this beautiful imagery in Psalm 85. Mercy and truth have met together. Mercy, which is love and forgiveness and grace. And truth, which is righteousness. And here's the mark, mate, and you fell short of the mark. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. We, we have a situation peripheral to us, but a, a, man, a man that we know... Uh, committed a, 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 a building offence. A building offence, yeah. He didn't do what he was supposed to do according to the council. And the law said that he had to be... He ended up in court. The law said he had to be found guilty. But the magistrate or the judge gave him the absolute minimal sentence that he could have been given. So a little touch of mercy and truth coming together. And Jesus does that for us. Now, these wonderful truths, these are life-saving revelations. Life-saving revelations to all of us when we're down in a hole. Remember, they were before the cross. They were before the New Testament. They were before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Before the doctrines of the blood of Christ and the name of Jesus and the new creation. And the doctrines that inform us of our position in Christ seated in heavenly places David especially David he's the one we're thinking about this morning got that revelation remarkable and it would be tragic if with all of those things that we've got to lean on we don't get those revelations ourselves. in Matthew chapter 16 Jesus was talking with his disciples and uh, he'd been causing a stir around the place and he said to them who do men say that I am and one of them said oh some of them think you're John the Baptist come back and someone said oh some say that you're Elijah come back and some say that you're Jeremiah come back and then Jesus looked at Peter and he said all right who do you say that I am Peter was on the spot and he got this fabulous revelation. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood hasn't given you that, Peter. The Holy Spirit from heaven, the God the Father has given you that revelation. So, beloved, we need revelation. And we can't, you, let's talk about you. You can't get revelation because I give it to you. And you can't get revelation just through 
knowing the scriptures. You can quote the whole book of Romans if you want and still not have the revelation. But the one who gives us the revelation is our Father in heaven. Now we need to get revelation about a lot of things. But the most important one I think is who Christ is and what he's done for us. You get that revelation and it can transform your life. So it's not sufficient just to know about it. It's not sufficient to hear about it. It's not sufficient to read about it. It's not sufficient to play Christian music all day. Although all of those things are good. It's not sufficient to watch Christian TV. It's good. Those things are good. But the most important is that your heart and your spirit are touched by revelation from God. So that within our deepest core, within our deepest, the marrow of our bones, if they could cut you open and dissect you in that realm of spiritual things, they would find revelation of God and, and the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I say, uh, I'll wrap it up. So read Psalms often because they really do reflect what goes on in many people's lives. Um, many of us, most of us are reasonably positive sort of people and most of us live reasonably uh, sound and safe and secure lives. Uh, but occasionally things come. You get hit by a tsunami of some sort. The next phone call uh, could, could be tragedy. Look, uh, I'm also peripheral to a situation where a wife, husband, didn't come home. She rang him lots of times. She texted him, didn't get any response. Um, she thought, okay, no, he's just busy. He, he, he teaches and teaches music and no response and the next thing was a knock on the door and it was policemen with the worst news possible the worst news possible that doesn't happen often in our lives but things like that of that magnitude happen sometimes so when you're feeling flat go to psalms uh, they know how you feel. Psalms knows how you feel. Because others have been there before. Um, Psalms teach us, teach us, look beyond today's battles. You might be deep in a cave today, but things could turn tomorrow. And if you're still in the cave tomorrow, look beyond. Victory is on the horizon. Don't give up. Don't chuck it in. They teach us, the Psalms, that God is on our side. They teach us that God is for us. They teach us that you can get through, but you've got to persevere. They teach us that God hasn't called us to be failures. They teach us that God is above our circumstances. They teach us, they teach us that he is sovereign over all the affairs of men. They teach us that, and we need to be reminded of that. They teach us that his ways are the best ways. So do what he says, beloved. Do what he says. Get that revelation in here, that the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. 
The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. You reckon? I'd rather have the gold. No, no, no. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. So let's bow our heads. Let's pray. I, I just want to focus on that revelation. I've mentioned the word a hundred times. Um, if you haven't had a real revelation, ask the Lord to reach deep in, real deep into your hearts and minds and spirits and give you that revelation. Father, I pray that every one of us will walk in that certain knowledge of what Christ has done, will do, and how we will succeed as we walk close to him. We bless you and praise you. Thank you, Lord, for these promises. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.